0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Phillies Today, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP, a Phillies Today, uh Phillies 24-7, excuse me, podcast. Here as we're getting closer to Christmas, uh, got some things to talk about today, man, Um Not really anything super crazy. We're going to get right to a Yoshinibu Yamamoto update. Phillies make an official offer to Yoshinibu Yamamoto. We'll get to that in a second. And then we'll get to continuing series today. That's really really what I want to dive into is we're going to get to what to expect from a player in 2024. We'll continue that. And underappreciated Phillies. It's been a few weeks since I've done that segment as well, so we'll get to that. I get to a little bit around Major League Baseball and a little bit of this day of Phillies history as usual. So, again, not a super uh, out-of-this-world, different show today. Just going to get right into the nitty-gritty of what we normally do here uh, when I do Phillies today, Francisco Rojas. Also, make sure you listen when Ben Kenny and Justin Morgenstein uh, do their episodes as well. They do a phenomenal job, as always, so... Let's get right to it here, man. The Phillies, according to Matt Gelb of the Athletic, the Phillies make an official offer to Yoshinibu Yamamoto. I I have not seen what the official offer is. I don't think that's out there. I don't think it's out there what their exact offer was. I mean, my guess is probably somewhere in like the ten year to three three hundred million dollar range. I don't think uh, I don't think that would be. Um, out of the question. I think if they gave him like a seven years, two hundred million dollar contract, which I think what, that's initially what they said he would be looking for, I think that would just be why would the Phillies even make an offer? That would just be dumb. That I mean, the, the Yamamoto and his agent would probably laugh at that. So I'm assuming it's probably somewhere in the ten years, three hundred million dollar range. And again, it's really like the Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers that it sounds like are the favorites. So if you know, if if that is what Dombrowski and fold, uh, that that would be my guess on what they offered, like ten years, three hundred million dollars. And also, one thing that came out right after I finished the episode on Monday, apparently Bryce Harper FaceTime Yoshinobu Yamamoto um, when the Phillies met with him. Do do I think that really probably did anything? No, like at the end of the day, like Yamamoto, I think is gonna go where, um. The, like I said, with those favorites, Yankees, Dodgers, and Mets, I don't think Bryce FaceTiming him will necessarily do anything. But I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. It, it could, I, mean, I would love that. I would love if if uh, Bryce FaceTiming Yamamoto really uh, worked in favor for the Phillies. I mean, definitely, if anything, it works in the favor. But I don't think it's really gonna, you know, change. You know, make the Phillies the favorites to to Lane Yamamoto. So. That's an update on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. They are the first team to give him an official offer. So very, uh, very interesting. So the Phillies make an official offer to Yamamoto. We will keep you updated on that um, throughout this process as well. Obviously, I'm Justin and Ben. As we do our daily shows every week, um, you know, whenever it happens, I hope whatever the whatever what team he goes to will update you on that. So make sure you keep it locked here on Phillies today. Phillies 24-7. So what to expect from a player in 2024? Last episode, I gave you a double whammy with J.T. Romuto and Jeff Hoffman. If you want to hear what I had to say on those guys, what I think to expect from them uh, next year, make sure you go listen to that episode. Just scroll down a few more. If you're on Spotify or Apple, just scroll down a little more. Go listen to that and then come back. And then we'll, we'll you know, get up to date on who I have to expect here in 2024 but did Hoffman and Realmuto last episode this episode Taiwan Walker Taiwan Walker has had had an interesting first year on his four-year 72 million dollar contract with the Phillies in 2023 and he was expected to be someone that came in and probably would have been you know it was it was really supposed to be him and Ranger kind of being your third and fourth starters however you wanted to put it uh, wherever you wanted to slate them and man Tyler Walker had a he had a very inconsistent year that's that's the first thing that I thought of when I thought of Tyler Walker's 2023 he was inconsistent he was kind of you know I want to say all over the place but he was inconsistent start off the year he wasn't very good and then he had a couple of months there where, where he was really good he had like a ERA somewhere like just under three um from about like late May till early August, like it's a good stretch. That was a couple of months there where he was he was a really good pitcher for the Phils. He was like their their two behind Wheeler, really. I mean, it was it was Taiwan Walker. Just he was pitching really well, but and then he ended the season not so great. And you know his velocity was all over the place. That was like another thing. Um, his his velocity wasn't very good, but um, I'll get to that in a second. But the inconsistencies just uh, that was my key takeaway from Taiwan Walker's um, 2000 and uh, 2023 that he just wasn't consistent enough. And that was probably partially a reason why, you know, he wasn't on, I mean, he was on the postseason roster, but never even got a third of an inning in the postseason, whether it was, you know, being an opener, being a starter, being a bullpen piece, anything. That's why um, I think that was a key part as to why Tom Walker did not see any um, any time in the mound. Another thing, the win stat was not telling him the type of the se- type of season he had. People talk about, oh, well, he was like, oh, he was four, he was the second in wins in the National League. Or at one time, I think he was leading the majors in wins, right? I think at a certain, certain point, he ended up being, I think fourth in Major League Baseball wins. That was not telling. That was not telling. Yeah, his his actually, his ERA in those wins were really good, but his ERA and the no decisions, if you look at uh, his no decisions, was like almost six. So he was getting a little lucky. He was getting, he was getting lucky. Let's be honest. The offense was supporting him and he was getting lucky. Like to Jacob DeGrom and no decisions back in 2018 when he won a Cy Young had like an ERA under, I don't even remember. It was, a, it was a, disgusting ERA and he was not, it's not getting it's all about the run support man That's what it's about the win stat is a farce like let's not do that so the win, win stat was not telling the type of season he had. it was not uh, yes they were getting run support but that's that's how it was um so last thing the velocity thing was weird like the velocity was just weird I didn't understand that like by mid-season Tyler Walker was losing velocity on his fastball on you know this cutter like A bunch of pitches that he had, he was just losing velocity on these pitches, and it just was weird. So, that was also like a weird thing that I didn't understand from Tyler Walker's point of view. It's not like he's 40 years old, he's 31. You know, you're still in the prime of your career. So, I thought that was like a very interesting thing from 2023 with Tyler Walker was the velocity. Very odd, but hopefully, they'll get that fixed in 2024, which is where we're going to go right now. What to expect from Tyler Walker in 2024? I think you need, and this was a reason, you know, partially a reason why he got the contract that he did, even though he was overpaid a little bit, but who's not getting overpaid these, these days, you need the 2022 Tyler Walker. Now 2022 Tyler Walker wasn't Cy Young type of pitcher. No, he was a good pitcher. He was a good pitcher, um, who actually had a couple of really bad months there. It was like one bad month, but the 2022 Tyler Walker was a good starting pitcher. A, a, his ERA was a just under 3.5, and this was for his last year for the Mets. His ERA was just under 3.5, gave you 157 innings. I mean, last year, one of those things that was good about Tyler Walker, he gave you over 170, so he did give you some, some bulk of innings there. Um, but, uh, you know, 349 ERA last year, you know, ERA plus of 111, a FIP of 365. Um, he, he was generally like he was a good starting pitcher overall over, you know, if you're just looking at the overall numbers that the, the Phillies need that type of 2022 Tyler Walker. That's the type of Tyler Walker that I need. And, you know, just to be anywhere close to that four year, $72 million contract when you're earning $18 million a year there, you, you, you need to give us numbers that are, are more toward that. I mean, that's what they signed you for, for at least to be that that, that last year that they they signed you for that. That's, that's what you're looking for, for Tyler Walker. You need more of the 2022 Tyler Walker, not the 2023, definitely not 2023. Another thing to expect in 2024, take pressure off of the others in the rotation. And I kind of mentioned this when I did Ranger Suarez and they need him to be better so they can take pressure off of others like Tyler Walker. Um, especially somebody like Christopher Sanchez, who is, you know, who doesn't even have like 30 starts to his name yet. Yeah. He was really good in the 21 starts I believe he had last year but Tom Walker especially making the money that he does like he needs to be some more like more like that 2022 pitcher so he could take the pressure off of the others in rotation that's what they signed him for that's what that's how you why you have a uh, overall good rotation so that you can you take pressure off of others. Even like somebody like Zach Wheeler is supposed to be the ace of the staff. Like you want to, you want to, you want to take the pressure off of each other. That's what I expect from Tyler Walker, especially making that money that he makes. Take the pressure off of the others in the rotation. That's number two. And last one, let's look at his 2024 baseball reference uh, projections. So they're projecting him at, you know, for what it's worth, 12 and seven, a 422 ERA and 162 innings. 139 strikeouts like I guess they're technically better than they were that they would be better than than the the numbers he had this year but I still need better than that like I need an ERA like a little under four at least and uh, it, it just like the year he had this year doesn't get it done for me uh, I need him to be better I need him to be better and the 2024 projections to me those don't don't make me feel great. I need a little better than that. But what do you expect from Taiwan Walker this year? Tell me what you expect from Taiwan Walker this year. You can let me know on Twitter at Rojas underscore media underscore. So Tywon Walker, expect him to take pressure off of others in rotation and be more like the pitcher he was the year before that he signed with the Phillies. But you let me know. Let me know. So, underappreciated Phillies. Now, this, was, this is one that came to mind, and I didn't feel initially great about it, and I still don't feel good great about it but he fits the bill he fits the bill Kurt Schilling he's somebody has been in the news the last feels like five years for the wrong reasons and uh, rightfully so Kurt Schilling doesn't seem uh, like you know he just hasn't been hasn't been great in the media the last couple of years so uh, I'm not here to talk about Kurt Schilling the person I'm here to talk about Kurt Schilling the the Philadelphia Philly that he was so Kurt Schilling was underappreciated like up, and again, we might not talk about him enough because of the type of you know, person he is. And especially after baseball, he has really come out of his, I don't want to say shell, but he has really shown the type of person he is um, off the mound as he, uh, you know, has, has been, you know, in retirement, but here to talk about Kurt Schilling, the person. So number one, he put up good to great numbers throughout the bad years uh with the Phillies from the mid to late 90s and he was the ace of the staff you know throughout those years. He was the the face of you know he was pretty much like almost the face of the Phillies I feel like in the mid to late 90s as they didn't really it was him and like Roland like that was it. So he just had like you know from from night from 94 to 99 when the Phillies weren't good uh, I don't remember like their exact like record during those years, but there were some really bad records during those years. And Curt Schilling was putting up great numbers during those years. He had those back-to-back 300 strikeout years. He had the, uh, you know, he made a couple of All Star appearances. I think he had like three All Star teams, um, during those times. So Curt Schilling, number one, was just was really good throughout those bad years. And I think that's why we kind of, you know, really don't mention him enough. And talk about him enough. And I know the bigger reason is probably because of the type of person he was. Um, and I don't really know. I don't like, I was super young, so I don't remember how his time ended in Philadelphia. I don't know if it le- left, he left on a bad note. I don't know if it left on a bad note like it did with Roland, but just my view, uh, he, he was just really good throughout those bad years. And I think he needs to be appreciated a little more. And there's probably some others that were, you know, like I mentioned with Roland, but, you know, there's also other reasons. Second thing. He was a big part of that those 93 Phillies, man. Like, he, he wasn't, like, his his regular season numbers weren't fantastic, but it was almost kind of like Aaron Nola was this year. You know, it was almost like Aaron Nola. Maybe I'm not appreciating Aaron Nola enough. Maybe I'm in that camp, but even though I've been somebody who has been appreciative of Aaron Nola in the past, when others haven't. But he was a big part of those 93 Phils And, again, like, he, his regular season numbers weren't phenomenal. But his postseason numbers were really good. His postseason numbers were really good, save for like one bad World Series start. His he ended up being the '93 NLCS MVP. He had two incredible starts, and I think even in the World Series, after his one bad start, he had one really. I think he had one start where he had a shutout, like Game Five, I think, before you know went to Game Six, and the Blue Jays ultimately won that World Series. But he was a big part of that '93 team that was, you know, remembered for will be remembered forever, even though they didn't win the World Series. But here in Philadelphia, will be be remembered forever, and he was the NLCS MVP of that of that uh, of that team too. So that's number two. Number three, I just think his overall numbers and being like on some of these all time Phillies lists, as far as like strikeouts go, like here I'll just list a few for you. Fifth in all time B war. Sixth all-time in uh, strikeouts per nine innings. Sixth in all-time uh, strikeouts. Again, 93 NLCS MVP. Three-time All-Star. And I mentioned some of these before. Back-to-back 300 strikeout seasons with the Phillies uh, in the late 90s. And he's fifth in win probability added. So some of these numbers you might not be familiar with. But nonetheless, they are, uh, to me, a uh, definitely a case to why you know he's underappreciated. And, and these are some of his all-time numbers with the Phillies that, you know, make him underappreciated. I, I really do feel like he was not, uh, you know, appreciative enough, appreciated enough as a Philadelphia Philly. And maybe part of it, too, could be because, you know, he was probably even better with the Diamondbacks. And, um, you know, him and Randy Johnson, that one-two tandem is arguably the best ever. And then with the Red Sox, too, you know, had the bloody sock game, won a, won a couple of World Series with the Red Sox before he retired. So maybe that's a part of it too, but you know people remember him more for as a Diamondback and a a uh, a Red Sox. But at the end of the day, I, I still think you know he's maybe not mentioned enough as a Philly and the and the some of the years he had uh, as a fighting Phil. So Kurt Schilling, I mean, you let me know. I know that's like that. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that no matter what I say here, it's like why are you talking about Kurt Schilling? Well, it's he fits the bill. He does. Like, let's be honest. He fits the bill. So, Kurt Schilling, he is an underappreciated Philly. um, And I've also done some of these in the past. So, if you want to go check out some other episodes, done, done a Scott Rowland one, um, done some, uh, done did last one I did was Jonathan Papelbon. So, you know, go back and listen to those. So, that's underappreciated Phillies. That's a wrap on that segment around Major League Baseball. Few things to mention here: Billy Eilish. I know why am I mentioning Billie Eilish? She was on SNL last night, and at the end she wore a White Sox Jake Peavy jersey. I don't know what that's about. I haven't done enough research on this. I just watched the video, and I'm like, that's pretty much it. And apparently Jake Peavy said oh, she's got major street cred. Of course she does. Now Billie Eilish has major street cred for wearing a Jake Peavy White Sox jersey. But that was pretty cool. I think that's pretty dope. Oh, well, White Sox JP. I mean, she's from like California. I don't even know if she's a White Sox fan. I don't know why she had that jersey. Maybe she just she liked the jersey, and she was like, oh, it's a White Sox jersey. It's dope. It's the logo, and she just decided to wear a Jake Peavy jersey. So there you go. Billie Eilish wearing a White Sox Jake Peavy jersey. Also, uh, in trades or in transactions, Mets trade for Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor for minor leaguer Coleman Crow. Coleman Crow. So the Mets add a... Some some pitching there, with Adrian Hauser and uh, Tyrone Taylor, who I believe is a outfielder. Um, so there you go. Let's um, make a trade there. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon heads back to Pirates on one year, five million dollar deal. He also mentions that he wants to end his career. With the Pirates, not this year. It's, it's, I think he said he wants to play a few more years and then uh, end his career with the Pirates, where he started and won an MVP way back in the early 2010s. So Andrew McCutcheon heads back to the Pirates on one-year, five million dollar deal. And lastly, here Jack Flaherty to the Tigers on a one-year, fourteen million dollar deal. Jack Flaherty hasn't really been the same pitcher since he's had injuries. I think it was it's really been injuries that have. Kind of gotten him off track in his career. Um, was the ace of the Cardinal staff a couple of years ago, and has really not been uh, the same pitcher um, in the last year or two. As he was horrible uh, last season with the uh, when he got traded to the Orioles. So Jack Flaherty, though, one year is fourteen million dollars uh, to the Detroit Tigers. So new Tiger there, Jack Flaherty. This day in Phillies history. So this day in nineteen ninety-five, the Phillies signed four. The Phillies signed four players to incentive-laden contracts, Kurt Schilling, David West, Tommy Green, and Mark Whitten. Or Whitten. Uh, all four were non-tendered the day before, then resigned to new deals to avoid an MLB rule on uh, that limited the rate at which players' salaries could be cut. Uh, transactions on this day, also 98, they signed free agent Ken Ryan. 04, they signed free agents Jeff Geary and Amari Telemaco. Telemaco, one of the fun baseball names there from back in the early 2000s. 2006, they traded Jeff Conine to Cincy for Javon Moran and Brad Key. They also signed free agent Rod Barajas, former catcher there. 2011, they lost Carlos Rivero to Washington via waivers. 2016, they lost David Rollins on waivers to the Texas Rangers. And 2018, signed Shane Robinson to a minor league contract. Also, this is all always brought to you by Broad Patterson, who Patterson, com. They always give uh, these This Day in Phillies histories. So appreciate them for uh, creating that website so I can get this information. Uh, born on this date, 1887, Cy Williams, 1905, Fred Koster, 1913, Heine, is it Heine or Henley? I don't know. Uh, Heltzel, 1925, Kent Peterson. I feel like Old people always have these weird names. 1960, Andy Van Slyke. 1960, Roger McDowell, and 1983, John Mayberry Jr. Uh, Mayberry Jr. and maybe Roger McDowell and eh, Van Slyke too, or Van Slyke or like the only ones I really recognize here. So, happy birthday to all of them. I don't know if Cy Williams is still alive or Fred Coster or Heltzel or Peterson, but if they're alive still, happy birthday. Um, so that's gonna do it for. Phillies today, Phillies 24-7. This has been another edition. Francisco Rojas, um, let me know what you think. Underappreciated Phillies. Kurt Schilling, is he underappreciated? Um, Tywin Walker, what do you expect from him in the year 2024? I want to know your thoughts. Let me know on Twitter at Rojas underscore media underscore. Let me know there. Tweet me. Let me know what your thoughts are on Walker, on Kurt Schilling. And who knows, maybe the next time we're talking, Yoshidori Yamamoto, Philadelphia Philly. I would love that. Just because I don't think they're going to get him doesn't mean I wouldn't love it if they got him. You know, I've been been clamoring on this show for them to go get him. So go make it happen, John Middleton. I, I hope your offer was like 10 years, $400 million. It's not my money. So it's going to do it for me, Francisco Rojas. Talk to you guys soon. Oh, also, uh, I'll talk to you guys on Monday, which is Monday's Christmas, right? Monday's Christmas. So I'll be talking to you guys on Christmas. So uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Happy holidays. Talk to you guys on Monday. Okay, picture this.
0: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.